Before we begin today's episode, I want to invite you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. We are a nonprofit organization who relies on the donations of individuals, ministries, and churches to keep our ministry running. If you've been blessed by the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, please consider giving us a donation or becoming an ongoing donor. You can find out more by visiting our website, biblicalcounselingcoalition.org, and clicking on the button at the top that says Donate. Thank you for considering, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. You're listening to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to 1514. We're excited to have you with us. If you're joining us for the very first time, welcome. Be sure to jump back into our archives, whether you're on iTunes or Podbean or Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and check out our previous episodes. We're up around 130 now, so uh, lots for you to listen to. If you've been listening for some time, uh, thank you so much. Jump online, give us a review, and tell somebody about the podcast so that more and more people can be blessed by the ministry of 1514. In studio today, we have a guest with us, Lainey Greer, uh, who is a PhD student here at Southern Seminary, and she's doing a PhD in systematic theology and biblical counseling. Uh, Lainey, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you, Curtis. Why don't you, in addition to being a PhD student, you're a lot of other things. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been in Louisville uh, for about three years now, but I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I have a bachelor's in exercise science from UT. I mastered in uh, Christian leadership from Dallas Theological Seminary, and then I've been a personal trainer for about 15 years. Um, I work at the rec center at Southern, just really love equipping Christians, especially with how and why to take care of the body and just basic exercise, nutrition principles. Um, I think it's an important part of our Christian life. Yeah, absolutely. God's given us our bodies to be Temples of the Holy Spirit, so we should probably take care of them well. Hmm. Uh, That's actually what we're going to be talking a lot about today, is kind of a theology of human body, uh, which is what you're studying. Tell us a little bit more about the specific dissertation project that you're working on. Yes. Uh, So I'm majoring in systematic theology and minoring in biblical counseling. And the focus of my research is really on a theology of human embodiment, Embodiment's referring to just our natural physical state of um, existence. And then when we're talking about a theology of the body, we're going to be looking at Scripture and then all the things that Scripture has to say about our bodies. So I, I take a different approach. There are a few approaches to a theology of the body out there, uh, but I think it should really be based in theology proper or the doctrine of God. So I look at all the ways that the Trinity is involved with the body. Um, I think Paul really lays that out for us in 1 Corinthians 6. So we see how um, you know the Father is creating embodied image bearers. We see the Son who comes embodied to redeem embodied image bearers. And then we see the Holy Spirit, who's the indweller of embodied image bearers. So I, I define kind of my own theology of the body, and then from there, I'm going to use that to address the counseling issue of body image. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, jumping back a little bit, you'd mentioned embodiment. You kind of talked about that's just our, our current physical state. Could you flesh that out a little bit more for maybe 
uh, people who aren't familiar with that terminology, what that actually means. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Greg Allison, who does a lot of work with the theology of the body, he defines embodiment as the state of human existence between conception and death, and then again after the resurrection of our body and for all eternity. So basically the intermediate state is the only time we will be disembodied. Um, you know, when we die, um, we'll go in that intermediate state, then we'll be resurrected and receive a glorious body like Christ's body, like Philippians 3 talks about. Um, so believers and biblical counselors in particular need to recognize and understand embodiment um, because we would really have no experiential knowledge without the body. Uh, so the body, we can't look at it as incidental because it's really a fundamental piece of our existence. Yeah, that's really helpful. And, and sometimes I think, uh, and we'll talk about this actually in our after show a little bit, but the, the concept of the inner man, outer man, which is so emphasized in biblical counseling, mm -hmm. uh, can be overstated to mm -hmm. the point where we almost run into a, you are a soul and you happen to be in a body, which mm -hmm. there's lots of heresies in mm -hmm. church history that deal with that, or the the secular view of just being you are a material being with and that's it mm -hmm. uh, and embodiment is really talking about that that mixture and and as you pointed out I really appreciated your eschatological insight there too that this is not just something for here and now this is actually how we'll we'll be for eternity mm -hmm. which is yes. awesome right and well obviously it's God's plan so it's mm -hmm. awesome so mm -hmm. uh, you you mentioned that your dissertation is going to move towards the issue of body image but I know from talking to you before, you kind of break down embodiment in a, a theology of the body into a couple of different broad categories and then move from there. Can you tell us what those are? Yeah, so, um, you know, as believers, it's important that we live out our theology. Um, so the fact that God has created us as men and women in a body, our bodies matter. Um, so because of that, I think the two ways that we really value and honor the body are the how we think about the body, and then how we treat the body. So body image would be the way we think about our bodies, and then body stewardship would be the way we treat our bodies. Oh, that's really, that is really helpful. So what kind of things do you include when you're talking about body stewardship? Because you, you do that, you teach on that some. What do you include in that? Yeah, so I define body stewardship as accepting responsibility for the body by appropriately caring for its needs. Uh, scripture speaks to different things that God makes us stewards over, time, money, our families, our bodies. Uh, he's created our bodies, and we're responsible for them. So the main areas I think that body stewardship deals with is getting proper nutrition, sufficient exercise, adequate rest, and then limiting stress in our lives. Um, Imperative to body stewardship also, which is a piece that we have to remember, is that we're equipped by the Holy Spirit with the fruit of self-control. So that, uh, you know, we are supplied with the ability to discipline our bodies in these areas to steward them. And, um, you know, I think for people in ministry, uh, even in seminary sometimes, we are, <laughs> <laughs> shockingly, uh, we are very prone to burnout and overdoing it, kind mm. of neglecting the physical, our physical lives, um, which can lead us to overdo things, and then we, you know, are burnt out quickly. Um, and I'm not sure that the Lord is pleased by our efforts like that when we just totally disregard the body. So body stewardship is an important piece, I think, of the Christian life. Yeah, and I think one of the ways that embodiment is demonstrated is when we, um, one of our guests recently was Dr. Bob Somerville, and he wrote a book on, If I'm a Christian, Why Am I Depressed? Mm. And he rooted a lot of his own struggle in depression 
not entirely, but a, a big chunk coming through what you were just talking about, overworking, not sleeping enough, not taking care of his body. And, and because of that, impacting his soul and just his, his whole life, his, himself, right? yes. his yeah. embodied being struggled in other ways because he wasn't stewarding well the, the, his body. So now, and then the, the other category is the, the idea of body image. And I like that broad definition of what you think about the body. Most people, when they hear that image, they probably think, or they hear that terminology, they think, uh, girls thinking they're too fat or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But that's not what you mean. What it, What do you mean and, and what it all, maybe not what all does that entail, but what sure. are some of the aspects of body image? Right. So just very simply, body image is about how we kind of assess and think and then feel about our bodies. So we assess our bodies based on our interaction with family, friends, culture, social media, uh, so you think about social media and all the different filters on there that you can mm. use to change your appearance. You know, how often does our self-esteem, um, how often is that infe- affected by the way, you know, people comment or whether or not they like the photos mm. that we've posted of ourselves. Um, so are you assessing your body in a way that is based on worldly things or based on scripture and God's truth? Um, then it comes to how we feel about our body. So kind of what is the inner monologue that we have going on? Um, you know, are we speaking truth to ourselves? Are we believing lies about our body every day? Hmm. Um, then you have emotions. Okay, what emotions are wrapped up in my body image? Typically, you know, we're very critical of our bodies. We're going to focus on, you know, all the little things that we'd love to change if we could. We work hard to do that. We can't we can't change it. So um, then that affects us emotionally. Um, and I agree when I talk about this, most people will say, okay, well, yeah, my middle school daughter, you know, right. has really struggled with body image issues. Um, but it's an aspect of everyone's life. Everybody has a thought about their body. Some are more plagued by others um, if they're negative. But so for instance, take, um, you know, an, an aging male who has, his body has you know, served him well his whole life, hasn't had any aches and pains, and his hearing is starting to go, or his Mm. knees are limiting him from doing things he was once able to do. Um, Or you have a mid-30s female who has had a few kids, and her body is starting to look differently than it once did in her 20s. How does she think rightly about her body? And then even, um, you know, take a disabled child whose body is different or has limitations that maybe his siblings don't have. You know, how do, how do parents help their disabled child know how to think about their body in a God-honoring way? So body image is really something that at some point everyone is going to need help kind of reorienting um, what they think about their body to accord with God's Word. Yeah, and those are a lot of, a lot of examples of the way that we look at our bodies and maybe see problems and then put too much weight behind those problems mm. or we're not thinking accurately or sober-mindedly about our bodies. But could would you also include maybe the concept of people uh, helping people not worship or idolize their body? Yes, like, absolutely. That's a huge piece. Is we can certainly go too far on the other end of caring too much about the body, putting too much, we'll talk about this later, but too much uh, focus on nutrition, exercise. Mm. Um, and we definitely don't want to go on that end. So there is a balance. We can't neglect, but then we also shouldn't idolize as well. Yeah, no, that's really, really helpful. And this is a good um, 
good thing for people to be thinking about. Why why is it important for Christians generically, and then obviously for and then for biblical counselors to have a proper anthropology that includes a robust discussion of of the human body? Mm. So. It is true, you know, when I've talked about this in the past, people say, well, our bodies are temporary. And yes, again, we have to remember the whole <laughs> embodied truth there of where disembodied the intermediate state will be re-embodied. Um, so we can't disregard them. I think this is actually something that the Westminster Confession of Faith that three, four hundred years ago when that was written, uh, the believers then understood these aspects of taking care of the body. Um, so I love that you asked this question because I really like talking about um, this old uh, document. So in question questions 134 to 136, they address the sixth commandment, which is obviously that we shouldn't kill. Um, but they take the sixth commandment and they really expand on it. And so they kind of say the sixth commandment is about preserving our life and then also not uh, destroying or doing anything that's going to lead to the body's destruction or mm. our life, you know, destroying our life. Um, so it's more, they say it's more than just not killing. Uh, so what they do is they kind of list some things out that are involved in life preservation. And some of those things are body stewardship aspects. So they mm. talk about meat and drink, medicine, labor, recreation. Um, so they kind of they write it out and they say on the front end, like we should preserve our life with the sober use of eating and drinking, uh, getting recreation. But then it also condemns neglecting those things mm. that preserve our life. And then it adds on, you know, in addition to we shouldn't neglect, we also shouldn't have immoderate intake of those things. So I think that's something, you know, if 400 years ago, you know, believers were recognizing the importance of the body um, in those ways, I think it's important that we continue to do so. Yeah, and the reality is, is this is grounded in Scripture, ultimately. Like mm -hmm. I re referenced at the beginning, Paul talks about the fact that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, and yes. we should glorify God with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Well, um, This is not a question I gave you, I don't think, but it's it's something that sparked my, my interest, is when do you think or where do you think we've gone wrong into this idea of just the body doesn't matter because it's all about the spirit and all about the soul. Do you, any mm. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we see uh, Paul combating this very thing in New Testament times when he's writing to the Corinthian believers. Um, you know, they're in a Gnostic setting where Gnosticism that, you know, anything material was bad and evil, so the body was really like the seat of of evil and sin, um, and then anything material is valuable and good, or sorry, immaterial is valuable right, and good, yeah. so the soul was elevated over the body, um, and that continued kind of in the monastic movement, so you have ascetics who really go to the point of bodily harm um, to downplay sin, downplay the physical in order to elevate the spiritual, and that's just continued in the church. Um, something I think is is a very obvious thing to see and kind of connect that to is um, something that's really uh, running rampant in our country, and that's the obesity epidemic. And if you kind of overlap the most religious states with the most obese states, um, there are there's a lot of similarity there. So the most mm. religious are also the most obese in the country. And that does have to do with some cultural things, um, but it's also the fact that, you know, maybe as believers – uh, we're not considering our physical self yeah. um, as much as we should. 
I mean, the four Fs of the Southern Baptist Convention, right? Food, fun, fighting, and fellowship. And it starts with food, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little little bit of a joke. Actually, it's funny. Just an anecdote on that is a um, uh, little slight plug for our global summit. We're researching locations, and we're trying to, to negotiate costs at a, it an all-inclusive uh, hotel. And they said... Uh, we told them, listen, a lot of the people who are coming will not consume alcohol. Can you give us a break on that? And they wouldn't do it. And a, a friend of ours uh, from another country actually said, yeah, the reason is when they get religious people and they save a bunch of money on alcohol, but they spend two to three times as much on food. Yep. So little little <laughs> anecdote to kind of back up what you're saying hmm. there. Hmm, that's crazy. Wow. Well, it's interesting. We, we talked about this before, and I had taken a theology of the human body class when I was an, an MDiv student. And what, how, what, what kind of resources are there out there in the <laughs> Protestant Christian community to talk about this issue? Yes. So um, that's the hard part is that there are just not a lot of good resources. Um, you know, Pope John Paul II has, has a huge work on a theology of the body, obviously, and, um, you know, not, not Protestant, but he has some good thoughts there. Um, there are some uh, more people that have started to write on the area of uh, embodiment. Dr. Allison is currently working on something. Um, there are some more practical resources out there. Uh, David Murray, I think, has one called Reset. Matthew Anderson has one, Earthen Vessels. Those are, those are very helpful. Um, I think, as evangelicals, I think we need to really push out reasons uh, why the body matters, but base it really in theology. Um, I think that's an important piece to making a difference with how we take care and think of our bodies is grounding it in a deeper understanding of theology. Yeah, the class I took was 15 years ago, and all the resources we had to utilize were, most of them were Roman Catholic. Yes. Because the Catholics had thought a lot about the human body and we probably because of what we were talking about the the loss of emphasis on the human body in Protestant theology, which is shocking when you're going to the Westminster Confession Correct. and see, seeing yes. that. So we we really need to revamp this in our in our contemporary theology in our churches, talking more about it. Um, and I'm, which is why you're doing what you're doing, right? <laughs> um, what kind when you've been doing counseling or working with people in the church, what kind of counseling issues have you seen that involve body stewardship and body image issues? Mm-hmm. So um, I worked at a church in Knoxville about 10 years before coming here and, and dealt a lot with uh, female students from middle school to college age and had uh, many informal counseling sessions there. And, you know, much of what was discussed, um, body image issues, obviously, eating disorders, uh, even self-harming behaviors. Um, and I dealt with some of that in my early 20s, some anorexia, body image issues. Um, so the Lord really taught me a lot then. And then uh, just thinks he's continued to teach me um, as I've been in school and just learned on my own. Um, so it's been very redemptive to see the Lord kind of use the things in my life with, you know, battling, uh, you know, actions where I was harming my body, um, using those in kind of a second Corinthians one where, you know, he comforted me and then I'm able to turn around and, and comfort others. Absolutely. That's such a common theme for biblical counselors mm. is, uh, and I hope 
Christians in general is the comfort that God has given us. We are then able to turn around and comfort in others in any affliction with the same comfort he gave to us. Mm-hmm. Um, those issues seem kind of scary to a lot of people. Have you found good resources on uh, eating struggles, self-harm, other things like that? Um, I I don't know that I have. Uh, a lot of things I've used has just, you know, been arguments from Scripture. Um, it's a good and, resource. Right, right, right. So <laughs> outside of that, um, you know, there's not a lot that's talked about in terms of biblical counseling. There's not a lot on the body, especially body image. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of room for biblical counseling to really have some good things to say about the body. So... Um, have you seen, so when we've identified there's need for more resources in this area. There are some, I know there are some out there. I know our website has some on self-harm and, and other eating, eating troubles, but those are usually pretty short. Um, have you seen any missteps in biblical counseling specifically that's related to a less than adequate understanding of, uh, of theology of the human body? Well, I think it gets back to what we were saying before. Just the church as a whole, I think, needs to think more about the body. Um, so as biblical counselors, uh, you know, we need to realize that um, Scripture addresses the body. God clearly values the body. So it's not that, you know, there's there's an intentional disregard out there. But if we're not bringing attention to the counselee of the body and the fact that it has value, so we shouldn't harm it through cutting or an eating disorder or something like that. That can help, you know, motivate the counselee in greater ways too, not just speaking to heart issues, but also bringing it around to, well, your body is important. God created it and it, you know, looks like it does and functions like it does for purposes that he has, you know, sovereignly designed. And um, so bringing in the element of your body matters as well. Um, because like we've said, we are psychosomatic beings, so we can't, we can't just emphasize one aspect of that um, and neglect the other. Yeah. Uh, so many thoughts running through my mind. I'm actually just thinking about the, the really wide-reaching uh, implications of a proper theology of the human body. I mean, the, tr- the whole transgender yes. debate is a huge issue. Um, doc- doctor, not issue, I mean, it's people and if they had a proper understanding that God created them mm-hmm. with the gender right. they were born with, and that's good, mm-hmm. that that has implications. Um, Dr. Allison gave a faculty lecture on the uh, a little bit of this topic, and one of the things he pointed out in there is just the fact that we are created as male and female in the image of God, that our gender is specific reflection of God and his goodness. And then he even talked about how we need to be better. And, and I, you know, we want to be cautious with this, but sometimes like, there's nothing wrong with the Mike Pence rule. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody talks mm-hmm. about uh, Billy Graham did it, Mike Pence did it, that I shouldn't ever travel alone or be alone in a room with a woman. I think there's a lot of wisdom there and mm-hmm. we need to learn from that. But Dr. Allison pointed out that sometimes that's, rooted in a a faulty view of the way we're viewing gender Mm -hmm. and that we're focusing just on the sexual manifestation of gender. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to being male and female than just that 
that's one aspect. Um, anyway, mm. these are just some of the things that are coming to my mind yes. as we're thinking about this. What other, what other implications do you see from this research to the church in general and then, and then to biblical counseling specifically? Yeah, I mean, I just think we need to get back to recognizing, like, you know, um, the writers of the Westminster Confession did, that this is a huge part of our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, scripture speaks to us as embodied beings, as body and soul beings. Um, you know, I was reading, uh, it's embodiment, a history um, the author's name slips my mind, but he said that just inherently Judaism is an embodied religion. Mm. And it's very interesting, some of the the things he brings up, but, you know, many of the the laws in the Old Testament have to do with the body. We see the psalmist, and he, you know, is lamenting the effects of sin and turmoil on his soul and his body. Then we get to the Gospels, and, and we see Christ. You know, he uses his words alone sometimes to heal people, but then other times he uses his body to impart healing. So mm. it's very obvious that Christ's embodiment was significant to the embodiment or the embodied experience of those he's caring for. Um, then you have Paul, who is, he talks a lot about the body, especially in First and Second Corinthians. You have John, who recognizes the importance of soul and body health in his third epistle. So just believers, biblical counselors um, in general, you know, we, we have to come back to understanding the value of the body um, mm. in all areas of life, not just exercise and nutrition, but the things I mentioned earlier. We do need to rest. Mm. Um you know, we have obviously the the example with the Sabbath command, and then we, we need to limit our stress. You know, in our society, there's so many things always pulling for our attention, and we're go, go, go all the time, um, but that's not always honoring to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so we need to have, a, I think, a greater respect and value for No, that's good. I think, I think if you're listening, the, the key thing you're picking up on is we need to think about this more and, and better. Um mentioning the Jew- Jewish religion being an embodied, when you read our churches going through uh, different books of the Bible, reading as a church, and we're going through Exodus right now, and it's fascinating just to see the sensory um, aspects of worship in the tabernacle, mm. like incense that smelled really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of tactile, you know, when you're sacrificing animals and uh, the singing that was taking place, even the emphasis on aesthetics and things being done with amazing beauty, and mm-hmm. you have the special gifting. So uh, I think a lot of people don't even think about that when we go into churches mm-hmm. today, and there's a, hmm. So, well, I was, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. I was going to save this part of our discussion for the after show, which is a, a time just for BCC partners on our private Facebook page. But it's, I think it's so important for everybody. I want to talk about it now. The we t- have talked in the biblical counseling movement a lot about the fact that we're not medical doctors, so we don't give medical advice. Um, we don't tell people to get off their psychotropic med- uh, psychotropic medications. We don't tell people to start taking medications. Where where does that cross the line uh, for us as biblical counselors when it comes to nutrition, fitness, things like that? So, uh, like I said, you know, we are body and soul beings. Um, Biblical counselors are, you know, there to address the heart issues. Um, But as a unified 
embodied person, we also need to remember the body as part of that. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean that biblical counselors need to go out and, um, you know, get a certification as a personal trainer, get some kind of certification in nutrition. Um, but I think having connections and good resources to give their counselees to, uh, you know, help them understand, hey, you know, this is important that, um, you know, we're talking about soul matters, spiritual matters, but you also need to, you know, work in these areas on your own time because we are, one is going to affect the other. You know, if you have anxiety, stress issues, you're likely going to start having some physical ramifications, high blood pressure, headaches, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is important. And, you know, there's so much information out there. You can access anything on the internet, whatever opinion you want to have of some new diet or fitness trend, whatever, it's going to be there. <laughs> But it doesn't mean it's always good. So as yeah. as someone with training and a lot of years of experience in this area, I would just caution people, you know, don't just believe the first thing that you read um, on the Internet. If you do know people that have specific training in those areas, it's always best to go to them first and uh, before just adopting the next thing that you see on Instagram or that's whatever. A, yeah, that's a good word. You Well, you teach on this topic, and you have some resources on uh, – you have a blog. How would people – how could people access that information that you have there? Yeah, so I have a blog on embodiment. Um, so any – my Facebook, my Instagram um, – Twitter accounts, Lainey Greer, it's, you're, you can find a link there. But I talk about everything from just really practical, specific nutrition principles, exercise tips, things like that. And then I, I go into uh, theology. So I obviously majoring in systematic care. I love uh, the deep things of uh, scripture. And so I think that's an important piece to what I'm doing as well. So yeah, all that hopefully will provide people with some good information. So tell people how to spell your name so they can find yes. you on social media. <laughs> it's L-A-I-N-E-Y-G-R-E-E-R. Okay. So if you just Google Laney Greer, <laughs> you have an Instagram and a Facebook page, yes. and that'll look, link you to your blog. Yes. Oh, good. Um, man, there's a lot more I could talk. we could talk about on this topic. It's something that's that's near and dear to me. My wife was a personal trainer. Uh we wholeheartedly believe that our bodies are a gift from the Lord, and we should care for them well. Uh, and that it has a purpose of glorifying and honoring Him. Uh, we don't number our days, but we can influence their quality for sure. Absolutely. Um, we we'll save some other conversation for the after show, but right now we're almost wrapped up with our thirty minutes. So, are you ready for two minute favorites? Sure. All right, we're gonna jump over to that, and timer's ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite food? Uh, pizza, I think. All right. Uh, favorite word? I don't. I didn't have a favorite word. I okay. Don't know. Least favorite word? I um, I think the word fair. I don't. Not in a semantic way. I guess just the way it's used these days. I just get so tired of hearing fair. This is fair. This is unfair. Okay. Especially when we talk about God. You know, this is fair for my life, and hmm. um, yeah, that gets into deeper reasons, but. Favorite gift you've ever received? Um, time from people, I guess, maybe. Okay. Spending time Favorite with Favorite gift you've ever given? <laughs> These are hard. I couldn't come up with an answer for that. I don't know. Okay. Favorite candy? Favorite candy. Um, I don't love candy. Snickers, maybe, I guess. Are you sure? Because <laughs> you've said that a lot about your favorites. Uh, no, I'm not favorite, sure. favorite color? Uh, purple. 
favorite book of the Bible? Uh, this is hard. I have to say Ecclesiastes and Ephesians. Favorite extra biblical book? Uh, definitely Knowing God, J.I. Packer. It's a must read. All right. Favorite verse of the Bible? Again, really, really hard. I said Philippians 4.19, so much there with context and what God can do. And Okay. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Cake batter. Okay. If, <laughs> if you had any superpower you wanted, what superpower would you choose? Oh, my goodness. Uh, not having to sleep so I could get more done. Favorite sport? <laughs> Football, for sure. Favorite sports team? Uh, the Vols, Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Favorite uh, restaurant? Favorite restaurant? Um, anything that has pizza, I guess, if that's okay. my favorite food. <laughs> favorite do- animal? Um, dolphins. <laughs> All right. That's two minutes. I, I cheated. I looked at your sheet because I lost track that of my really questions. That's really bad. That's why I almost <laughs> so said favorite bad. dolphin. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, Lainey, thanks so much for being with us on the show. Thank you for having me, Curtis. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of 1514. If you'd like to know more about the Ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcounselingcoalition.org. You can also contact us at podcast at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to Carrie Felton, our podcast producer, who arranges and coordinates these interviews, and James Wills, our podcast engineer, who does the sound editing and makes these episodes sound so great. I thank you for being with us again and hope you can join us next time on 1514.